Good to see everybody. We had our, our first uh, Saturday night service last night, and it was good to see uh, a lot of the people that we haven't seen in a while, just with everything that's going on. And so it's uh, definitely a joy uh, and a privilege to be here this morning uh, to come and share with you. Um, I know that uh, the last time I checked, I think Pastor Mike is a size 11 shoe, and I'm a size 9, so I have some big shoes to fill. So, um, But under the Lord, right? Under the Lord. And so it's it's a, a, definitely a, a great joy and a good experience for me to be able to do this with you, my brothers and my sisters in Christ. David, thank you for the prayer and also for the scripture reading. So um, allow me to introduce myself. I know that I've had the privilege of maybe meeting most of you uh, within the congregation this morning, but if I have not met you yet, my name is Eric and I'm pastoral director uh, here at the, the church over uh, young families and, and young marrieds, and I also help oversee discipleship and evangelism, so it's a, a great privilege. I've been married for over eight years now, uh, four kids, so we're pretty busy, pretty busy at my house. It's, it's a blessing. I love my children, but they're a lot of work, uh, as any kid uh, would be, right? So, But uh, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here again and uh, to join with you this morning. So uh, this morning, I'm going to be talking on spiritual survival uh, spiritual survival. Uh, I know that <clears throat> a lot of us can relate, and I say this uh, openly and transparently. I'm sure a lot of you would relate with me, as I'll be sharing this morning, uh, just with everything going on around us. Um, the temptation to find comfort and to find security uh, in anything but God. Uh, you know, I, I've <clears throat> had the opportunity to serve here for almost... Uh, three years, and, and I tell you what, going into this year, I wish we could start this year over, just with everything that's been happening. But uh, recently, here in the last you know few weeks, uh, I caught myself. I was driving home, and the Lord really spoke to me. I was listening to to a sermon, and um, God really spoke to me and convicted me as I was driving home eagerly, waiting, anxiously to go watch the news, to go hear numbers and and facts and all these things, and. You know, thinking to myself, man, I, I hope no one died today. Uh, you know, I hope I don't get a call, uh, you know, from a family member here locally that has, you know, contracted this thing. And so, uh, really a lot of fear, a lot of fear. And if we allow Satan to jump in, he, he can really destroy uh, our relationship with, with God. You pair that with all the challenges that we face daily, and I know that it can be very tempting uh, to fall into this thought process that really isn't God-honoring. And so, you know, uh, recently my wife and I, with a little bit of, of more time um, for me to be available and, and as I'm working from home and doing a lot of technology meetings and, you know, things like that, um, I've been able to spend more time with my family. And so my wife and I, one day we were scrolling um, through, I believe it's Netflix, and we came across one of these survival shows, you know, and it was interesting, you know, she was reading to me what the show was about, uh, sharing all the details as, as to what was required, and, you know, so uh, overall they, they picked a few, a handful of people, and they would take them over and drop them off in this, this wild place where they had to really survive. And as she's reading the description to me, and we're kind of watching the intro, I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of how I feel right now spiritually. It's interesting. These people are are isolated, they're being put in a place where they really have nothing but their own skill 
Uh, they are allowed to bring a few items with them to survive. Uh, and you pair that with our situation today, and I was like, man, this is, this is, this is really how it feels right now, spiritually speaking. Uh, we're being fed all sorts of things, right? But ultimately, as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, we know that our hope should be in the Lord. And so this morning, uh, my hope is to lean back on the basics. Uh, this is something that God has reminded me uh, through the last couple of weeks, that uh, there's really no way to be in the Lord than to do exactly at his, as His Word says. And so this morning we're going to be leaning on that. I'm going to share three uh, major points. I've asked Alan to create a... Um, uh, an outline for us, and so you can follow along and fill in as, as you please. So let me go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll jump into our, our time together. Father, we do want to thank you, Lord, for uh, this great opportunity, and we thank you that we can come together uh, to worship you. Lord, and as we come, uh, really in a very interesting time, Father, I firmly believe that you're, you're almost here. I'm sure many of my brothers and my sisters would agree with me that the time is closer now than it ever has been before. And so, Father, as we patiently wait for you, or impatiently wait for you, Father God, help us to keep our focus on you. Help us to be driven by you through the power of your Spirit and also through the power of your Word. Father, as we come together this morning, I pray that you would speak. To all of us, Father, including myself, please, Father, open our minds and our hearts that we may hear from you. And although I may be preaching to the choir, Father God, many of us in this room have an active, thriving relationship with you. May this be a reminder, Father, of who you are and who we are under you and the things that we need to do to be in you fully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It has become extremely easy to find myself being moved and inspired in a negative way by the current state and situation of not only the world, but our country. A state which is made up of worldwide events, stresses, situations, which we ultimately can't control. A common thought that has come to my mind recently is that of the hope that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ which can only be found through a personal relationship with Him. At this current time in our lives, the challenges we face can very much take away our focus off of the Lord. We honestly don't have to try very hard to lose that focus in Him. Paired between the current events in our time, along with our flesh and our daily battles, Satan can have a field day with our souls and walk and cause us to walk and live a life that is full of doubt, fear, and sadness. As he uses distractions to pull and bend us in ways that can lead to depression, anxiety, sadness of life, a hopeless future, and even within ourselves as followers of Christ. I have recently been reminded that our ultimate hope should always be in Him. Let me reassure you this morning that God is still sovereign. 
Yes, He is still all-knowing of all the current circumstances. Let me also reassure you this morning that He is still omnipresent, meaning that He's everywhere at all times through the power of His Holy Spirit. What a great gift that God will leave us at. Yes, He is still in our midst, even during all the evil that is currently taking place. God is still seated on His throne, and not a single thing has escaped Him. The question that you're probably asking now is, well, Eric, why is it then that we feel so distant from God at times? Well, let me ask you, A follow-up question with this question. Have you done everything in your power to seek, to trust, to lean, to obey, and lastly, to find the hope that is much needed in Him? Are you opening, reading, understanding, and applying the Word of God daily? Are you praying without ceasing? Are you capturing your every thought and piece of information received And filtering it with the Word of God throughout your days. Those are valid questions that we should ask. Right? And so when it comes to a quiet time, I mean, we cannot really uh, think of anyone else except our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, tool number one that we need for spiritual survival. A quiet time. A private, active relationship with God. As I mentioned before, it's very easy and it's tempting to look at everything around us, the news, the facts, the numbers, how we feel, our emotions, our own personal convictions, to find comfort in our current situation. But the bottom line is that we need Jesus. We need God. And the same way things are getting harder around us, we should pursue the Lord all that the more. Understanding that even Christ Himself had a personal relationship with God the Father really can make us believe that we have no hope in ourselves. And I know some of you can relate to me. I often catch myself trying to do things on my own and I think to myself, man, what am I doing? Why am I trying to do this again? I need the Lord. I need to focus on Him. In Luke chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, the Word of God says this, But the news about him was spreading even further, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Verse 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Take note how Christ would avoid the chaos, the masses, to go seek the Lord privately and pray with his Father. If He is Jesus Christ and He lived a sinless life and He was perfect, what does that mean for us who are fallen humans? We need the Lord more and more. And as things get more confusing and and maybe a little bit more difficult, we should lean on our Heavenly Father. Right? We have to continue in our quiet time with Him. Remembering, this is not a study time. Um... Let me share this example. I've had this conversation multiple times, I would say, in the last year and a half. Uh, A lot of my young married guys, you know, that I have conversations with periodically have asked me, Hey, Eric, what is the difference between a quiet time and, and a study time? Isn't it the same thing? Well, let me tell you this morning, it's not. 
a study time, you go in with a commentary, you, you bring maybe a lot of different translations of the Word of God, and you prepare to deliver a message or a sermon of some sort. But a quiet time is a time with, with God the Father alone. You bring your burden, you bring your sin, and you allow the Lord through His Word to speak to you. Right? No agenda in mind. Give everything to God, understanding that He's going to help you with whatever you're walking through. So, as Jesus continued in His ministry, we see here in Luke chapter 5, verse 15, right, His calling and His life, He intentionally sought the Father and prayed, as we see in verse 16. He had to slip away. And in the Greek, this actually means to withdraw. He had to retire from one environment into another intentionally and go and retreat with God the Father to renew his strength and renew his energy as he continued to minister either to himself or to other people. We need God. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, we read this. It says, It was at that time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Verse 13. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he named apostles. So, think here with me for a moment. When we think of the Word of God, we have it because the apostles sought the Lord as he handpicked them all. They fulfilled the ministry and today we have the Word of God. That's a pretty significant event. Would you agree with me? That's a big deal. Everything going on around us today is a big deal. And one of the things that Satan has really done is he's distorted this life to make us believe that it's not a big deal. Right? I've been in the secular environment before. I've had uh, opportunities to work uh, in the world. And and let me reassure you that uh, everything is a joke today. Death, life, marriage, relationships, raising of a family. And, and that, that's all because of Satan. He's done a great job of distorting the truth and, and blurring the lines of how important this life is. God is important. Our time with Him is important. Our ministry is important. The Word of God is important. So, look here with me. Jesus spent all night in prayer before He went to choose. And pick the apostles. When was the last time we have to ask ourselves that we spent all night in prayer before we made a big decision? Personally, that's convicting to me. Because I would much rather sleep, right, than to do that. But you know, God is faithful. And He'll wake us up in the middle of the night. He'll remind us that we needed to pray about that one specific thing. Right, and He'll... Give us that opportunity right then and there, and He won't allow us to fall back to sleep until we do. Praise the Lord for that. (laughs) Praying without ceasing, right? So Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. We see here in verses 12a, right? He also spent the whole night in prayer, knowing that this was a significant event as He was was going to be uh, picking and preparing, right, to choose the apostles, knowing that the future of the ministry and the Word of God was in their hands. We should treat ministry in the same way. We should treat our lives in the same way. 
In Mark 1.35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to, seclude, to a secluded place and was praying there. Right? So we see here again Christ setting the example for us. He got up in the morning while it was still dark and he left his house, went to a secluded place, a private place where he had an intimate relationship and conversation with God the Father, and he prayed there. What can we get from this scripture? Well, his Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, was the priority as he made that the first part of his day. That's also a big component and a big part of the quiet time. Putting God first as our first priority, giving him the first fruits. Take note also that there was no distractions. There was privacy and seclusion with him. No one else. It was him and God the Father. And once again, we see here that prayer was in place. And then he went on and preached. If we continue to read in that scripture, that passage, he went on to preach uh, in various places. So he filled himself with the Spirit and he fulfilled the ministry. So what can we take from this first point? Well, quiet time is important. Many of us here today this morning, myself included, have tried to do this without God. And let me remind you that we can't. The same way that God has reminded me, I simply want to remind you. What is the second tool that we need to survive in this time? Well, it's praying without ceasing. So what exactly does it mean to pray without ceasing? Well, it means to, to, to pray consistently. It's an ongoing relationship with God the Father. And uh, we see an example here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 and 18, where the word says this. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, And everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Right? So there's a pattern here that I think it's important that we understand and that we follow as we pray without ceasing. We first of all, According to the scripture, we have to rejoice. Let me share a little personal testimony. It is very difficult for me to rejoice when my focus is on my outward environment. It is very difficult for me to rejoice when my focus is on me or anyone else outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we first must have the Lord in his rightful place in our lives. Understanding that it is through Him that we find joy. Understanding that because of Him we have hope. So we have to rejoice always in that. And then we continue to pray without ceasing. It's a continued relationship, a conversation with God the Father. Right? Understanding, again, as I made clear in the first point, that we cannot do it without Him. Understanding that we are working in vain if we try to do anything outside of Christ. And in everything, of course, we give thanks. A very difficult thing to do. Thank you, Father, for another day in seclusion, right? <laughs> Thank you, Father, that there are still people dying. I know that that sounds like a terrible thing to say, but here's the thing. Do we believe that God is sovereign? We have to trust that. We have to believe that. We have to find hope in that. Um, Yesterday morning, I got a, a call that I was really dreading. I've been dreading, and I think a lot of us in this room 
I've been dreading. Uh, if you think of me, please pray for my extended family. I have family in California. One of my uncles passed away from COVID-19 at uh, 5.30 uh, yesterday morning. And, you know, um, I will say this. It was a, a great opportunity for me to minister to my family in California. It gave me an excuse to call. Right? Not that we need one, but it, it almost feels like we do sometimes. And I had the privilege of really sharing the gospel with my cousins and praying with them. Um, my uncle, um, Valdo, he, he leaves behind four children. Uh, his, his oldest is my age, so he's a second cousin to me. And um, Boy, girl, boy, girl. And so please pray for the Lozano family um, and really any other person that you might know or family that has been impacted by this tragic thing that is happening. But, you know, I thank the Lord after that conversation. And I'm sharing this with you this morning because uh, I really thought to myself, man, it's really hard to be thankful right now. But, you know, the more time I spent with God throughout the day yesterday, uh, God revealed to me, He said, Eric, you should be thankful because I gave you an opportunity to share truth with your family and to paint a picture of who, who I am in your life and also who I can be in their life if, if they come to know me. So, be thankful for that. What a privilege that you got to pray with Him. There's always something to be thankful for. But it's hard for us to see that if we're not in the Lord. Right? So, we see here four major things that we rejoice as we know. Who wins the war? Uh, we know that Christ will win the war. Uh, we might lose the battle here and there. But ultimately, if we are in Christ, if we are in the Lord and in His will... His will will stand, and He will be victorious. And we, because we are in Him, will be victorious with Him. Amen. We pray without ceasing, understanding that it's a constant communication with Him, understanding that without Him, we can do nothing. It's incessantly, without remission, is what the Greek word says, to pray without ceasing. Right? And we pray about everything. We're thankful for everything. What does that mean? Well, it means the whole Every, in every kind of situation, we must give thanks, is what the Greek says. Understanding that the will, the act of God, His wishes, His desires will be fulfilled. We should find hope in that. So praying without ceasing is a second tool that we need to survive in a time like this. And then lastly, placing the truth of God in its rightful place in our lives. As I made a comment earlier, uh, we live in a time, and, and some of you that work in the secular environment, uh, you, you've seen this unfold. Um, people make a joke of things, as I've already mentioned. Well, we as believers should not do that. If the Lord says something is important, we take it that way. We understand that God made it to be important, and that is one way that we honor and we glorify Him. By understanding that whatever He says is important is important because He is the Lord of all. Right? We place the truth of God and His Word above all the things that are happening around us. This is one way that we do this. We must believe that, that everything in this current life is a vapor. The Scripture is very clear that our time here is nothing but a short time. When you look and consider at all of eternity... This is a, a short time in the eternal perspective of God. Do we believe that? If we do, we should act like it. All around us we can see people are being stripped 
of these idols that the world has created. I know I've seen that personally through everything that is happening. Right? This current process has really revealed and unveiled a lot of things within people. And even for us as Christians, we're understanding that our hope and our value should come from the Lord. Because really, in all honesty, everything around us is uncertain. Right? Would you agree with me? We know that it's a process that God has allowed, and we have to trust that. Are we going to believe in the world more, or are we going to believe in the Word? Remember the promises that God has made to His people. Right? So, for this point, we see in Psalm 138, verse 2, as David writes, he says, I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all of your name. Right? As we see here, David is, is teaching us that we should bow to the Lord. We must bow down before the Lord. And we know that King David had uh, a life of uh, really a, a, a lot of influence, but also a lot of strife and a lot of challenges that he faced, you know, not just with people in the outside world, but even within his family as he was betrayed by some of the closest people to him, his son included in that. But even he is telling us that we should bow down before the Lord. We must give thanks for his loving kindness and his truth. Praise the Lord that he's given us his truth. Think about that for a moment. If we didn't have the truth of God, what would our hope be in? Nothing but vain things. Nothing but the things of the world. He has magnified, meaning that he has advanced his word in accordance to his name. This is his plan. Do we trust that? Do we believe it? Well, we shouldn't run away if we do. We should pursue and chase after Him all that the more, understanding that we are in His will and we are His people. Right? We know here that God can speak through everything that is happening. The question again is, do you believe that? Do you believe that God can speak to you through all of this? Have you surrendered everything to the Lord that belongs to Him and has belonged to Him from the very beginning? I would like to conclude our our time this morning with um, reading Psalm 73. uh, As I asked David, one of our elders here, to read this for me. Uh, This is a great example, I think, of the message this morning and on how we can apply it. Uh, There's a psalm of of Asaph here where we see that Asaph, um, who was one of the choir music directors of David, uh, one of three, I believe, very influential, very talented. And in this psalm, he gives a great perspective for us as humans. And and I like this psalm specifically because it really paints a picture for us to really apply everything that I've been saying this morning. Understanding that we are human. Yes, we are weak. We will have moments of weakness. But ultimately, knowing that we should press on and continue to move forward towards the Lord. So, let me read Psalm 73, 21 through 28 again for us as we finalize some points together. Asaph writes this, When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless, senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. 
You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me. And afterward, receive me to glory. Verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh, my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. You have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. This is a a great example for us to know and understand that we need the Lord. He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our counsel. Right? As Asaph points a few things out for us. Take note, he starts off in this short section by saying, when I am embittered in my heart and my spirit is pierced, right, I can make senseless and ignorant things like a beast. When we are left to ourselves, we self-destruct. And Asaph makes that very clear. I know I've had plenty of opportunities to do that and many testimonies where I've taken matters into my own hands and God has allowed me to make choices that really then honor Him and then glorify Him. But praise the Lord that He forgives and that He still uses us. But it's not until we repent and turn back to Him. right? Nevertheless, we also can get from this that we must continually in all times constantly be with Him. And He will guide us holding our right hand as we see in verse 23. He guides us not only by holding our hand, but also with His counsel. And in the Greek word here, we see that it's the advice of God. Who else is better than to seek advice from than from the Lord? In this counsel, He gives us His plan, His scheme, and also the purpose. That He has to fulfill whatever it is that He wants to fulfill, both individually and also corporately as the church. We should be seeking guidance from God Himself. And not from anyone or anything else. We see here that in this council, we are guided as we receive His glory, the honor and the splendor of external conditions and circumstances. That's the second definition given for this word. That's an incredible thing. As I read that, I thought to myself, Man, Lord, Your hands are in all of this. I'm at fault. Forgive me for running away from You and not leaning and jumping on Your will. Help me. Give me the strength and the ability to do that because I need You right now. I've I've been left to myself and I'm making a mess out of myself. We have to trust the Lord enough. right? We have the Lord in heaven as Asaph writes here. Who else do we have in heaven besides Him? No one. We should desire nothing on this earth. And these times have allowed us to seek the Lord more. Take note, many people are being stripped from everything that they have found comfort in, myself included. We have to seek the Lord. Our humanity may fail, as we see in verse 26, but the Lord is our heart strength and our portion forever. We're destined to fail, but without God, we won't, because we have Him, if only if we lean on Him. 
In verse 27, we see that uh, even ourselves, if we run away from the Lord, those who are far from Him will perish. So take note here that Asaph makes it clear that if we run away from God, we will self-destruct. We must stay close to God and we must remain faithful to Him or we will be destroyed, whether it's ourselves who destroy ourselves or the outer world destroys us. The bottom line is that we will be destroyed without having God the Father. And lastly, in verse 28, it says here that for us, the nearness of God is our good. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that God is your good? Even when you don't feel it, do you believe it? We must make the Lord our refuge. As I mentioned already, not the news, not the numbers, or the things of this world. And in this, as we find our refuge in Him, we must tell of all His continued work. Amen. So as we continue to move forward in this time of uncertainty, as we continue to Lean on the Lord. Uh, We have to acknowledge these things, right? We cannot do it without Him. We must continue in union with Him through our quiet time, through the prayer of His Word. Uh, As I tell many of our couples uh, within our ministry, I tell them, hey, you know, try not communicating with one another in your marriage for a whole week and let me know how that goes. Uh, And uh, it probably won't be good. You, You might be back here and we might be doing some more counseling after that. Well, the bottom line is this, is that You know, with the Lord, we do that sometimes. Uh, We cannot have a fruitful relationship with Him unless we're intentional. And we walk in, praying, giving Him the burdens of our heart, but also opening up His Word so that through that He may speak to us. It's like having a phone relationship, but then covering the speaker, right, as you're speaking uh, to the other end. We must continue in that quiet time, in that Word with Him. And second, of course, we must stop thinking Stop thinking and worrying. Trusting in the Lord about the things that we can't control and start praying more. Right? So that's a challenge that I've, I've, really, I've given myself. I asked my wife to hold me accountable. I said, hey, if you see me worrying, she knows my worried face um, very well. Um, and she'll ask me, hey, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, nothing. And she's like, you're lying to me. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> you know? But I've given her the the privilege to hold me accountable and, and she knows I'm a worrier and she says, hey, you're worrying again. You know, you need to be praying instead. You're right, sweetheart. I needed to hear that. Thank you for that. So stop thinking and start praying more. Right? Uh, and then lastly, we must believe and put the truth of His Word above anything, uh, any situation that we face and acknowledge that this is the truth. Everything around us is It's not our imagination. We know that there's a lot of truth in what is happening. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that the Word of God is above anything else. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to come together to worship corporately together. Father, we are thankful that we still have your Holy Spirit. Father, and we're so thankful that we can still come together in public and read your word and fellowship and praise you the way that you need to be praised and you want to be praised. Father, as we continue to to live in in uncertain times, Father, we, we pray that you would protect our minds and our hearts 
understanding that there is really nothing more true than your word. Father, I pray that this morning as we leave, that we would make you our refuge. That we would be reminded, Father, of the union that we're called to have with you at all times. Father, help us to to lean on you quickly and not our flesh. Father, help us to find the peace and the comfort that we know can only come from you as we move forward. Father, we entrust all these things to you. And as we walk, we lastly ask that you would help us to be a good witness, Father, to the many people that are watching. I know there's many people in this room who are still working and and dealing with other people at work and, and in many forms of relationship, Father God. I pray that they would be reminded, Father, of the comfort that they have in you and that they would be a light and something certain in a very uncertain world. We praise you, Father, and we thank you. And we entrust the rest of our day to you. In Jesus' name, amen.